Oh, you leave it up to me to start talking. That's yeah, that's, that's your new job. It's my new job. Yeah. I don't have enough jobs as it is. No, I please, you, please yeah, add more jobs. Oh, uh, you were just complaining you don't have enough to do, and you've got so much free time. So I thought, you know, yeah, you know, there's only so much YouTube and Disney Plus you can watch. <laughs> Disney well, Plus is now the Phineas and Ferb channel. My kids know, really miss that show, and they've been watching it. How are you liking that Disney Plus, John? Uh, as soon as I get some free time, I really want to see that Mandalorian show. Oh, is that on Disney Plus? Yep. Is that a new, um, like a new original? I guess for Disney Plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, I saw some friends asking about it, and I'm, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're out of touch. You're an old man out of touch. Uh, totally, totally. I mean, it's I, not like you weren't, <laughs> you know, busy all last week, you know, doing stuff. That's true. Well, yeah. that's debatable. Meaning bar hopping. Right. Oh, wait, I don't know what you're talking about, John. I would never do such a thing. Hey, I, I was watching the Slack channel, you know, trying to keep tabs <laughs> on what's going on, and all I saw was, you know, what, what bar are we going to next, guys? <laughs> were, you, were you feeling the FOMO, John? I was too busy to feel a FOMO. <laughs> well, I guess that's I guess that's pretty good. Yeah, I definitely would have felt a FOMO. But yeah, so I've got the official. What do they call it? The Salesforce flu? I guess. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I was up. I was up half the night um, with some really weird cough. Like it's like my bronchial tubes were like just had had some infection or something. I could. I was trying to cough it out. And I couldn't. I was just coughing all night. And my yeah. I had a fever of like 101, and I don't know if that was caused by just the excessive coughing or if it was caused by the infection. You know, I think I didn't know you had a fever <clears throat> last night. If I get sick, I'm, I don't have time to be sick right now. Well, <laughs> um, I do sanit. You know, I'm a religious sanitizer, though. I so know. if uh, I don't know, don't come over here and start kissing me, and then you'll probably be okay. <laughs> I well, I've got like I've got I've got that bass that uh, I've got a cold. I've got the bass voice. Yeah, I've got do some movie promos. <laughs> In a world. That's pretty good. Let me try that again because it kind of fell apart. In a world. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, uh, we better get to it, John, because we don't want to piss everybody off. Um, you know, get to the Salesforce stuff. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> There's got to be stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you'll fill me in on everything. I, I, honestly, I, <laughs> I wanted to try to keep up and I wanted to try to watch keynotes and things, but I just did not have time. I literally had no time. Well, that would make two of us. Um, I actually... And a lot at a lot of points had time, but I um, I had a lot of fails just getting to things, getting into things. Um, I, in fact, the I guess it was a Tuesday. A Tuesday, I had a good day. Um, I went to the Benioff keynote because I could because I had the MVP thing, right? Sure. Did you like, get your special seating. Yeah, exactly. No, I did. I was on I think second row. Did you get a little coaching on when to cheer and you know what to say? You know, and, not at all. I don't know if they yeah. just avoided me or what, but I didn't. When it, to clap? There weren't people like yeah. holding yeah applaud signs or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a pretty good experience. Um, the highlight had to be um, Alicia Keys playing like right in front of me. That was pretty awesome. Oh, was she there? Was she yeah. playing? <clears throat> they didn't. Um, I guess uh, it must not must have been in the contract. But as soon as she started playing. Um, the feed, even to all the overflow rooms, which, you know, 90% of people were in because you mm. can only fit so many people in this room. Um, that feed even even went dark. Um, she would not allow it, I guess, to be to be uh, played. So only people that were in that one, in that room and got to see it. It's because it costs extra money to stream it. It probably did. Yeah. yeah. They didn't he, he blew the budget on Obama. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm broke. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> sorry, Alicia, we, we'll do the in-room thing, but I can't pay for yeah. streaming because, uh, yeah, Obama took it. I mean, when you do the math on some of these big speakers, <laughs> you know, Obama's got to be, I mean, I think ex-presidents are up to at least 300K a, a speech now. Got to be. Well, yeah. it, but Obama in particular, I mean. I mean, he probably gets the friends and family discount with Mark, right? I mean, because they're buddies, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Mark was a big fundraiser, so I, I think, you know. You get, you get a discount, right? No. No? no there's no discounts. <laughs> there's no discounts. It's, it's business. 
Oh man, that's that's no good. Um, yeah. but you know, it's Obama was probably a few hundred thousand dollars. I figured, you know, Alicia Keys had to be at least. Well, we know couple. Hillary was about two fifty, so he had to have been two fifty plus at, at minimum. I'm, I'm told ex presidents are, you know, the minimum is three hundred k. I believe it. Yeah, I think I think in the I think after Clinton, uh, you know, retired from the presidency, I, I think that's when the it really the prices started going up. He really, uh, he, he monetized that whole thing really well. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's just, I think it's, it's skyrocketed since then. Although, I, I don't know. I get the sense that George W. Bush does not do a lot of these, but I could be wrong. I really don't follow this stuff. You yeah, see Obama a lot. You see Hillary a lot. You know, you saw, you, you saw Clinton a lot. I, I think he's really toned it down just because of. I think it just could be the, the circle. You know, it could it's be. mostly, you know, <clears throat> Democrat, Democrats that are coming to these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say so, especially, you know, San Francisco events. Yeah. You know, when you're on the left coast, you're not I don't gonna... think I've, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think I've seen like a Republican politician show up. If, if he counts as a politician, um, he, he used to be a Republican and that would be, uh, Colin Powell. Colin Powell. Yeah. General Colin Powell. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't really pay attention to that. And I don't go to those either because I feel like they're, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I assume you're going to get, kind of get the same stuff. I mean, how many times have we heard Obama speeches and, even since his president, I mean, a ton. Like, I, I know, I know what his thoughts and beliefs are. I know, I feel like I know what he's going to say, and mm-hmm. I get the whole cool factor if you can actually get in the room, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to line up. At, the people were started line, lining up at two in the morning. Oh, you're kidding? No. Nope. <clears throat> oh. And like, yeah, no. I mean, w- would be kind of cool if I could kind of get in, but I'm already crowd phobic anyway. Like, I, so let me go back to the keynote thing because I was okay until it was time to leave, and then the mad rush for the exits, mm-hmm. which, and then I got stuck in this massive crowd and I had to pee really bad too. That's one thing they don't tell you. <laughs> As a new MVP, no one warned me this. You have to get there at like 8.30 in the morning or you're supposed to. I don't think I actually had to, but that's what they said to do. So I did. But then once you're there, like you can't go to the bathroom and the, the keynote doesn't start until 10 and it lasts two hours. So I'm basically going four hours without going to the bathroom. And I'm the guy, I've, I go to the bathroom every like 40 minutes here. I mean, I, got, I have yeah. an old man bladder. Yeah, your bladder's I have, small now. I've TB- trained it. <laughs> I have TBS. Yeah, and well, now you know how I feel <laughs> on these longest long shows. Oh. I'm sitting here squirming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're worse than me. You definitely wouldn't be able to to make it through this. Yeah, but anyway, so not only am I I'm, I'm claustrophobic and crowdphobic, but I also have to pee really bad. So it's it's really multiplying my anxiety to get out of there, and I could not get out of there. Oh, and then you're usually closer to the front, which means when it lets yes. out, it, it you're, <laughs> yes. I'm at the back. Yeah, you're at the back. And they don't have like a special MVP exit door. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe actually, maybe they did, and I just went the wrong way. No. I, th- I feel like I was the only MVP around there, so maybe I, maybe I just screwed that one up. But, um, but that, was, that was pretty cool. And then I went to one other thing that day. I forget what it was now. Um, the next day, literally everything I tried to go to, I failed. I failed at either... I couldn't get there in time because I didn't realize that the buildings were, you know, a 15-minute walk away. Or, um, oh, they were full. <clears throat> get there and they're full. Oh, wow. And yeah, so see, that's, that's why I don't really like this conference, just because it just it got so big and there's so, so many people that just, yeah. even just trying to feed yourself is, is a challenge. I mean, yeah. you can't get into anything. So I, I never ate the box lunch once. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that. I have when I've when I've had to. Like I think I showed up for breakfast one day because I just had to, and I was meeting someone anyways. But um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I did get a cookie one day. I was uh, Chuck and I were standing in line, and he had a lunch with a with a cookie sitting on top of it. And I was like, it was like about <laughs> one o'clock, and I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I'm like eyeing his cookie. I'm like, I can I can either steal Chuck's cookie, <laughs> or I can go get one. <laughs> so I went and got one. 
but that was, chucks <laughs> picky, huh? <laughs> um, but that was like so that was the closest I had to to eat actually eating lunch. I ended up most days like just kind of waiting until I was all dream forced out, and then I would go find like a pub or or some little restaurant and get like um, get a burger or something. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so and then and then I think Thursday I had a little bit better luck. Um, or maybe that was the day I, I actually had, um, yeah, Chuck ended up saying, Hey, I'm going to be over at this other hotel. And it was where a lot of the, um, the dot org stuff was. And it's like, Oh, I'll go over there. Cause there was actually a talk that I wanted to see there. And that, that area was way better. It was just not as populated because I think it was on Wednesday. My strategy was I'll, I'll just hang out at Ma- Moscone West. That's where most of the developer stuff is. Mm-hmm. And I'll just hang out there and I'll just go to whatever's available. And it was, it was one, the first thing I could get into So I wanted something else, which I wasn't crazy about. And then once that was over, kind of walking around and it was so incredibly crowded and the li- there were really long lines for the bathroom. Again, that really hit my anxiety again. Mm-hmm. And I, I just had to leave. I had to get out of Moscow anyway. So wow. gave up on that. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you know, they do a really good, they do an amazing job for how big it is. I don't know what else you could do. Yeah. But again, I mean, I it's saw just, it's just too many people. Yeah. I, I, I don't complain about it that they're not doing something right. I'd complain about it. there's just, too many people it's too big it's it's amazing they pull off what they do yeah and it's got to be just a, a giant army of not only salesforce employees but tons of um contractors and consulting companies or service well, they companies. started planning next year's like <clears throat> today yeah they, <laughs> they, already, they already announced the days yeah <laughs> i'm like oh, i just want i want some time where i don't have to think about dreamforce uh, but no like as soon as you leave they're telling you the the dates for the for the next year <laughs> they do have to book those things i'm sure at least at least a year in advance i oh, would yeah, think I'm just sure. to get the dates yeah. Um, anyway, so, I was talking to um, I was talking to a journalist actually, who um, it was interesting. It was kind of day two or three. Maybe it was day two. Maybe day, I can't remember. But I asked this person. I was like, "Well, you know, did you get any any good material, or have you got filing stories yet?" And they said, "This person said, you know, this has really been a snore fest." And and if you look at, I mean, they announced a ton of stuff, but they did uh, at least you know. But when you when you look at the, like, I guess the weight of those things, I mean, what it's like. What are people? What's actually real? And what are, what's actually exciting? Or is a big, you know, move forward? I mean, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> from an analyst perspective and news, I would think like that, that customer three hundred and sixty would be something. But they announced that the year before. I guess so. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, because that's right. Is that whole? Are you sure about that? Or was it something yeah, else? Yeah, because it's right, right along with the um, MuleSoft acquisition. It was that same year that they, they acquired MuleSoft, and Dreamforce was only a few months away. But, but the they, new press release to say MuleSoft is what makes this possible now. Even back then, that's what they were saying. <laughs> but that was way before they bought MuleSoft. Oh, I know, but they 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 updated those slides pretty quickly. Wow. <laughs> but it was always the idea that you would have visibility across all your your um, channels to to get customer data. And then it was just an easy way to, well, not easy. It's a, oh, what's the right word I'm saying? A natural progression to say MuleSoft being this huge integration tool will help facilitate that. So I'm not, um, I was talking to a Salesforce employee uh, who I won't, I don't try to, I don't want to get this person in trouble. They were um, someone who has pretty good knowledge of the customer 360 and the uh, the whole SIM thing that underlies the the cloud information model. The the ER the ERB the ESP I guess it's I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know if it's I don't know how so they we're rebranding the same tech year over year it's so sim is a as far as I can t- I haven't read the spec for it but it sounds like it's mainly like a, some data models 
and and maybe and might be some protocol things in there too, just for how you actually exchange this thing. But it's almost like a data model, like how do you unify these things and how do you do them, or how do you federate these identities across your different systems and it may be across vendors too. And I was going to say, and it's it's standardized in a way that you know if Salesforce implements this and if AWS implements this and if Microsoft implements this, which they won't, which is the problem. I think there's competing specs too. Then then we can have really inter- interoperability amongst these SaaS clouds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, that, that, but, that's the toughest problem about it all. It's not just, it's not the transport of the data. It's, it's how do you, how do you identify the data? You know, how do you, how do you merge it in? How do you identify it? How do you keep it from creating duplicates? How do you keep, and, and a lot of systems, especially coming from a backend system like SAP, you could have like a hundred different accounts that represent one account in Salesforce. Yeah. And, how do you deal with that? You know, it seems to be focused around, I mean, like customers, one of the things in the data model. Mm-hmm. And so somehow something generates a like a globally unique ID for a customer yeah. for you. And then each different system or cloud or whatever products, it's it's its job to take that global UID and assign it to the correct, let's say, account in sales cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And then so Salesforce will hold a mapping between an account ID and that globally unique you know, like customer ID. Right. And then every, if every other system does that, takes that same ID and matches it up to whatever they whatever customer or account record is in their system, then, you know, you can have some interoperability between these things. And that, right? that's the easy part. The, the hard part is, is that's just not how accounts work in a lot of different systems, especially when you're talking back-end accounting systems. That's where it gets really complex. Because yeah. So the way they have to build things or the way the contracts are written, they end up having to split out con- accounts into different entities. Even though they represent the same physical entity, they do have to break it up into this virtual entity just to be able to manage you know, the transactions for them. So it gets kind of complicated. <clears throat> yeah, and like I said, I mean, the, um, the devil's always in the details with these things, and I don't know the details at all. But anyway, I asked, the, I asked this person, <clears throat> I said, okay, let me, let me try to understand what Customer 360 is, because I've sat through the keynotes, I've, I see the marketing speak, <clears throat> and, I, and I explained them to this person. I said, okay, is it, is it really that, okay, well, so we've got all these different clouds in Salesforce, some of them are, some of them are kind of native to Salesforce. A lot of them are acquisitions. And we all know that they are, you know, the range uh, of integration between these different clouds is ranges from really good. Like, so let's say, for example, like sales cloud and service cloud, because they're, they're just kind of custom objects in the same database, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so highly integrated, right? Two things like, you know, marketing cloud versus sales cloud, which is, uh, you know, there's, I mean, they're they're on different, totally different platforms. You live in probably different parts of the country, and all these, you know, if geographically speaking. But more importantly, they're they're different platforms, and they are not. Um, they're not. I mean, they're integrated in the sense that Salesforce provides integrations that you can set up mm-hmm. to, <clears throat> to some degree, push data back and forth between those two clouds. It's really not ideal. It's it's um, and instead of federating, you're you're pushing you know, and kind of storing copies of things in, in the other systems. Mm-hmm. It's a strategy. Um, sometimes it's the best strategy in, in terms of when you look at all the trade-offs, it's okay, this seems like the best, best way to go. But I mean, obviously there's disadvantages to it. And I, anyway, so I, I said, you know, so you've got this range of different levels of integration between the different um, systems, <clears throat> but they're still not that identity. I mean, I, if I have John Smith in Marketing Cloud and I have John Smith in Sales Cloud, like, I don't know they're the same person. I mean, at some point, there's got to be some exercise to to, feder- to federate those two mm-hmm. identities and say, okay, that is the same entity, right? Or it's not. It's you know. And <clears throat> I asked, I said, is customer three hundred and sixty? Is that is that really what that's doing? Is basically just f- kind of 
uh, fulfilling what Salesforce's what the, what their message has been forever, which is you know the, the value of this platform is that it's a single, scalable, metadata-driven platform to host all you know your customer success and whatever. Is it, it's actually just kind of making that more true? And he said yes. That's yeah, I was. always understood it as being two sides of a coin. One being obviously to to better integrate all the current products that they have, but it also gets extended out to all these other systems where you have client data, at least from a customer perspective, that you want to have available into Salesforce. And that's always kind of been a big challenge is the integration story with Salesforce. I mean, it's it's got <clears> plugs <throat> and hooks and everything for it, but it, it is a heavy lift. It's a complicated problem. There's no there's no easy button for it. Right. And there never is. I mean, it's, you know, this is, these are hard problems and <clears throat> any, um, any system that's as old as Salesforce is going to have, you know, it's, it, they kind of start to wear their history on their sleeves after a while. And you, you see all these battle scars and, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it, it is what it is. Everybody suffers with these, but I was just, I was kind of struggling to understand, okay, what exactly is customer? And they also, there's another, they have this, they have this concept of truth, which oh. I still don't understand. <laughs> I'm not a fan of truth being in marketing. It just, it always comes up as, you know, a little bit snake oil. Oh, by the way, um, the, I guess the main theme, if you had to pick a word that Salesforce was really pushing, and, and maybe it was just during the, the keynote or whatever, but it, the theme this year was together. Together. Yep. And a lot of it was with like Trailhead and, you know, all their, um, all their, uh, <clears throat> what do you call these things? Like when they, when they talk about, you know, uh, equality and inclusiveness. What is there an umbrella term for all that stuff? Uh, I'm sure there is. I, I hear people I, say I DEI, diversity, equality, and inclusion or something like that. But anyway, I'm, I'm not sure if it was a tie-in to that or if I, I think it was just really general overall. I mean, I, we were hearing a lot about together. So that was, you know, Benny up really, you know, it was, it was one of the, like, the, the kind of mic drop lines or whatever of his keynote or one of the applause lines, which I'm not sure if it got much applause or not, but there were a couple of things that fell flat. <laughs> they need to insert one of those. Was it, um, was it Rick Perry that famously gave that? We might even have a, do we have a, do we have a, hang on. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Do we have a clap? Uh, you have it somewhere. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> they, they, they needed one of those. No, it was it was actually pretty pretty decent keynote. But there were a couple of lines. I'm, I, I could tell like the speaker kind of pauses for a second, waiting, and mm. then they're gonna. And then was, there were a couple of times when Benny was like, "No, you can clap for that. Go ahead, go ahead." He's <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, together, together, yeah, together, John. We we can do this together. We didn't. We didn't. Truth. Did, did we get any new revolutions out of this this year? Um, you know what. Okay, so you just you just queued me up here. Let, let me go through. <clears throat> I put a list together of kind of guesses and no's. I figured we'd go through the no's first. Okay. So I'll start with that one. Um, there was, there, there was, what did you just ask me about? If we got any new revolutions. Okay, so there's, remember that fourth industrial revolution? Yeah. Never happened. Never happened. Okay. <laughs> never happened. Good. I'm glad I never bought onto <laughs> it. It, so. it is gone. It is gone. Um, we now have the fourth wave. Or it was a fourth wave. I've 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 seen fourth wave, and I've also seen Ken Block call it the fourth act, Salesforce's fourth act. And I don't. I, I've heard that one. I never understood it, but I've heard it. It's, it seems odd because didn't they go from fourth to fifth? But then the fourth was supposed to lead into the fifth, or the fifth was supposed to support. I don't know. It, was, ah, it got fifth weird. Fifth act. This this is a long play. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, it's starting to get time We're, travel rule here, where you, you get you get this inception uh, thing of time travel going back and forth. So yes, yeah, so we had the fourth industrial revolution. Um, we had the fourth wave, and then the fourth act. And I don't know if these things are tied together. There's some you know overlap between them. I'll stick them up on that wall in Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the yeah. other. Anyway, okay. Um, so there was uh, Salesforce got no bump in their stock out of. The, actually, they did on like the first day of Dreamforce, maybe like in the middle of the week. But then it immediately like next day it was down. I think I think they were a little down on the week. So so no stock bump. Well, that that makes sense because didn't they recently announced that they were going to kind of ease up on the acquisitions? They did, and so <laughs> with with no no big like easing up on acquisitions, and then there's like no big innovations coming out of it i can see how that kind of softens the outlook a bit it's interesting yeah because they, they had their investor day also but they always have it during dreamforce mm -hmm. and one of the, the few of the themes out of the investor day where one of them was um a slowing of acquisitions and i think i think <laughs> and that really is related to one of the other themes which was margin expansion um, i think investors have been expecting more margin expansion mm. <clears throat> and they're not getting it and then the, the scapegoat for the lack of margin expansions is is the acquisitions. This is the growth, yeah. <clears throat> Foot on the pedal. But, you know, it's like, well, if you expect them to grow like this, and, and Salesforce also announced they, they're they going to double in revenue by, uh, like, 2025 yeah, or something, too. I think, something like that. So the, <clears throat> another five years. That was gonna, 2024, but. <clears throat> maybe so. Yeah. So double in the next four or five years. I mean, that's, um, that's aggressive. And. Uh, hey, they were the fastest to 10 billion, man. They can do it. Well, the, and they've been doing it um, a lot. You know, the acquisitions have been a, a significant component of that growth. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to say, and maybe, and maybe they're just, maybe it's like temporary. Maybe they're just like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we understand that you guys are a little concerned about our pace of acquisition. So we're going you know, to slow that back some. So they, you know, probably maybe, maybe they'll slow it down for six or seven months, but it's, it's going to have to crank back up. I mean, I just think for growth reasons. And also I think just for comp market and competitive reasons, they're going to want to, I mean, <clears throat> there's going to be some other big outfit out there that they're going to want to buy. Yeah. Just to elim eliminate the competition and, and get the revenue growth out of it. Just kind of apparently how this business works. Um, no Peter Coffee that I saw. Actually, take that back. I saw him walking down the street one day, but he was not the MC. He was not the warm up guy. Um, Doesn't he normally hang out like at the, <clears throat> the booth zone and kind of do interviews and talks from down there? Was he down there at least? I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see him anywhere. Um, again, you, he used to be the guy that warmed up the crowd and introduced, you know, because I'm the MC of the, mm -hmm. of the big keynote, but yeah, um, didn't see him anywhere. I mean, except for walking down the street. <clears throat> Did Parker Harris have any cool outfits? No, he, I mean, they, they joke about that, but yeah. he doesn't, I don't think he wants I don't wants think to, he does it anymore. No, yeah. No. Um, Lightning Man was the last one. Yeah, that was the last straw. <laughs> again, continuing on my list of no's, there's no place to eat, which is another reason why I didn't have the box lunch anywhere. <clears throat> I mean... Oh, yeah, no one this wants is to a, eat standing up on a corner in a wall. Okay, so this is a huge, and this is also what was stressing me out, getting out of that keynote, because people were already eating. And they were just, in the middle of this crowd, they were just, like, sitting down on the floor. Ew. <clears throat> with, or, the, or, I mean, people are sitting down outside all over the place, just sitting down, eating on the ground, on the sidewalk. Well, that's normal for San Francisco. I guess, but it, I mean, it really grossed me out. Yeah, um, it would me too. And there's just, there's nowhere to eat. There's nowhere to eat at Dreamforce. And so that's why I'm just like, I, I can't, I can't do that. I gotta have, I gotta be able to, I'm a, I'm not an animal. I can't, I need to sit down and eat like a human. <clears throat> and there's just, I mean, there are some. You need to embrace nature and the wilderness and become the bear that yeah. you were meant to be. <laughs> I guess. Um, but I, yeah, so yeah, no, nowhere to eat. Um, 
Also, <clears throat> there was no beef. No beef? What? Yeah. <coughs> what, you like Salesforce, no, Salesforce made a big PR, a PR stunt out of it. Um, no beef. Why no beef? <clears throat> uh, this is from Mr. Mustardburger himself, too. Um, I, wonder if he's, I wonder if he's transitioned to uh, Mustard Impossible Burgers. <laughs> Probably. Was, that was going to be my next question is what, did they replace it with Impossible Burgers? No, I think it was just they just didn't. I mean, they had like, you know, chicken and whatever. But they said that the no beef will save 9 million gallons of water and make Dreamforce more environmentally stable. Climate change is here. We have to go fast. So no beef. <clears throat> okay. I don't follow that, but okay. And like, yeah, that's interesting. So at it, it, it Dreamforce, there's no beef, but like, you know, we got to, you know, probably, oh, I guess between both directions, you got probably 300,000 flights in and out for Dreamforce. <clears throat> probably easily half a million Ubers. You know, they, <clears throat> they mailed um, Mark's hardcover book, I think, to everyone. I was going yeah, to ask that. Did everyone get a copy of the book? I think so. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to boost sales. So, yeah, I mean, I would think that Dreamforce is, is one of those things, gotta, it's got to be tough on the, I mean, I don't know how you, I guess you can buy, <laughs> if you believe in that, the buying offsets or, or carbon mm. offsets, whatever, however that works. Um, but, yeah, um, you think it would be tough. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, there were no, so during the bidding out key, keynote, bidding off keynote, if I can say that, there were no other sessions available during that keynote, which maybe that's normal. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been to Dreamforce, but I think that, that was your sense. only option. I don't, I don't remember anything else going on during the, the main keynote. That was usually it. Um, I did not go to True to the Core, but apparently there was very, very little truth at True to the Core. So yeah, I got that under uh, no real truth. <clears throat> and of course, we had no, aim, no Apex namespaces, um, no Apex, no, no Lambdas or even, even anonymous classes. And John, um, this would probably be really sad for you. I know how much you, uh, you're attached to this individual, but there was no Sassy, apparently. No Sassy, huh? Yeah, I don't know. It would now, yeah, I don't know what to call Sassy. It, the, he, she, I don't know what it is, but um, I don't know if it was, uh, <clears throat> if it's been uh, retired or maybe it's been laid off. It's been put on, or maybe a uh, performance improvement plan and it just couldn't cut it. Yeah. What about Chatty? <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. What, what does Chatty look like? Is it? I think it's big and red, big red circle or something. That like was that? Sassy, right? Wasn't Sassy the no so big no software yeah. thing? Okay. But Chatty was there too, but I think Chatty was like a big red button or big red, yeah, something like that. Maybe so. Yeah, I gotta look it up. I don't know why I'm looking it up. Shouldn't care. Yeah, that's sass that's Chatty and Sassy. Okay. Chat oh, Chatty's just like a big mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes sense. But a big red circle with a big right. mouth. Yeah. Uh, there was a, uh, a company called Freshworks that was kind of, I guess, guerrilla marketing all over the place. Oh, yeah, they're a CRM, right? <clears throat> I think they're a CRM. Yeah, and just before the Dreamforce, they announced that they raised um, raised some money. I think they blew it all at Dreamforce. They blew it all at Dreamforce. <laughs> well, they had. Um, <clears throat> I never took them up on their offer, but they were. You know, you walk everywhere, and they're they I guess taken over some stores and donut shops and stuff, and they were just like you could go in there and get free donuts and coffee or whatever. No, you should have taken them up on that. <clears throat> yeah, just I'm, I was usually on a mission, even though those missions tended to fail. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry for the throat business here. Yeah, it's getting really uh, annoying. Can you stop that? I'm trying. Um, we have a uh, my, tra my trailhead for customers and partners. Yeah, we knew about that. No, for customers and partners. So I think I think it's basically I think that means community. So it's like my trailhead that you access through communities or you tie it to your community, maybe. <clears throat> so you can you can set up training yeah. for your 
like your your partners or your your customers. Yeah, I I knew about that as well. <clears throat> okay. We talked a little bit about it when I was trying to evaluate LMS systems, and I I reached out to the product manager on that, but that just wasn't a good fit for us. And it's I, I wish it was more baked. I mean, it just it's a very proprietary thing, and if you can make it work, it's great. But if you have like a lot of custom stuff or things you're doing with SCORM or XAPI and all that kind of stuff, it's it's you'll have to rebuild everything. So. Yeah. Um, we have more architect certs. They probably announced other certs too, but the people were talking about those new architect certs. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I know you'd be really interested in that. I, I want to care. I mean, I, I, it's not like I don't see value in getting certified. I just I'm so busy trying to get real stuff done. I, I'm turning into a dinosaur. I really feel like I'm turning into a dinosaur. I hear about all this stuff and all this new tech. And I'm like, I don't have time to learn that right now. Well, I mean, that's why I think you just kind of, you pick your focus. Yeah. You, you know, kind of go deep. <clears throat> Yeah, but that's not how it seems to work. Like when I was doing architect work, I just felt like I was always on under the gun to know everything about everything that I had to have something to say about something. And I, I don't know, maybe that was me putting the, that pressure on myself, but it it just was really difficult as the system grew to really be able to <clears throat> manage the conversation around what was possible and what wasn't without saying, I got to go research that. Well, that's, I think, a totally acceptable answer. <clears throat> I mean, even people who have the, um, you know, some of these either you know 20 or 30 certifications whatever i mean a lot of those are kind of like in name only or they you know you kind of cram and take it and then you don't ever use it again and so i mean obviously you know you're gonna have to go research stuff it's yeah, a huge system that's fair i'm always worried about the people who always feel like they need to have an answer that's something other than i don't know oh that's when you know you're in trouble when you start trying to answer it and you just start no, rambling no. you're in trouble yeah. <laughs> um supposedly there is a force source status now in dx <clears throat> so you've been, use, you've been able to use I've DX. I've been using that for forever. With sandboxes? With sandboxes. Yeah, I don't think it has supported sandboxes. Oh, okay. okay. Because I don't think I don't think it had um, change tracking with sandboxes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so maybe they've added that. Cool. Um, let's Useful. see. We have, um, they've made their Lightning base components open source. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, so you can, I don't know what the benefit is. I, guess I always kind of felt like, I mean, the markup for the most part has always been on the the design system site for a lot of the components. But right. That, but like the the actual lightning components that do extra stuff, like the input renderers and things like that, I, I'm sure I'd be curious to see what's going on there. Now I saw on my list that there's a, an API portal, but I figured I thought there already was one. What the API there's Explorer, the, right? There's Explorer API, but it's always been beta, so maybe they're finally making it GA. Maybe that's what it was. Um, and then you heard about the entity interfaces, right? I did, and uh, that was one of the few things I did manage to kind of read up on on the Slack channel, and I, I think it was Chuck who described it this way, but it was essentially like basically a, a being able to create a view in Salesforce. So in a database, uh, so you could uh, composite a couple of different tables. It's really a view-only mode. It's not something you can read or write to, or maybe you can with this, but I mean... I don't know if that's... A, I don't know. That description doesn't resonate. To me, to me okay, entity interfaces, there's two main aspects of them. One is... Think of like um, interfaces with um, object-oriented programming. Sure, you have an interface, which is the trip description of like a, a shape, like mm -hmm. a, and then you have, but it's not concrete, right? <clears throat> but then you have, you know, one or more things that can implement that interface, which are concrete, and they, uh, you know, implement the that contract of the interface. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it, and there's probably more, but these are the two that kind of locked in with me. Is it's it's it combines um, you know that object-oriented notion with the notion of union queries. <clears throat> it's like SQL union queries, which are for people who don't know are basically 
you can do a, you know, in most databases, can't do this in Salesforce, but uh, you can do a, a query from like, a, two, like two or more tables or mm-hmm. table-like things and have them return in one data set. Right. They just kind of stack on top of each other. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and so that's, and that's why views resonate to me because that's, that's what I do with views. You create a view, you, you do your union queries and you have one, one object, well, one entity that you would. View is a totally different concept than a union query. I mean, right. I mean, a view is usually just a. So you have a query and you can do unions in a query, but it, it exists for that only point in time. But the view represents the stored state of that. Meaning I can call upon that and recall that, that query as many times as I want. Right. And it, oftentimes you get a little performance bump too, because it's pre-compiled. Right. Yep. So that's why I rationalized it and made sense to me to, to tack, make it say in my head, oh, that's kind of like a view. Okay. Um, fair enough. <clears throat> but yeah, that's, that's to me, sorry, voice didn't work there for a second. That's, um, that's kind of what entity interfaces are. Um, it, it sounds good. I, I kind of want to play with it and see what I can do with it. I wonder if it's just going to, I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I wonder if it's how dangerous it is in this ecosystem. And I also wonder, like, this is one of those things that, like, I don't, I don't recall that I've ever heard a person ever ask for something like this. Oh, I could you definitely use that. I yeah, could, I guess I mean, I'm, compositing. I mean, I have to do so much, so many map and loops and compositing of data in Salesforce that I would love to be able to to, to be able to do this. And also, you know, this is one of those things that this takes, you know, significant planning to you know, your model out just to understand like the, because we're literally talking about abstractions here. I mean, yeah. You know, you start looking at your model and figuring, okay, what are the common elements? Should those, are they strong enough? Is there enough cohesion amongst different elements that you can pull out like a common shape among them? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it takes a lot of planning and usually a lot of, there's a lot of rework involved in that. There's, you know, you don't get it right the first time. And I'm just, you know, like, you combine <laughs> something that, that needs a lot of flexibility in terms of rework with the Salesforce platform. And it's like, these things don't go well. It's like oil and gas. Yeah. I and mean, I'm not saying it won't, it won't be a useful tool, but there's, it seems like a fairly advanced concept to implement. And, and considering that there's so many just basic things that are still hanging out there on the idea exchange for the past 15 years, it's like, you think they, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, <laughs> it just, it, speaking of rationalizing things, it's hard to rationalize how they decide what they're going to do sometimes. Yeah, I got to think that the audience for this, I mean, I, I think a lot of people could take advantage of it, but they probably don't need it. So they probably just use it because it's there. And, and you're also going to see, of course, but I, so many incredibly incorrect usages of that's, this. That's yeah. my fear, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, because, like I said, I rationalize it with views, and I've seen some pretty ugly, gnarly views. I'm like, you don't need to do that. Just, but, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing it was like, Salesforce announced that they picked Azure for Marketing Cloud. I guess they're going to host... Um, they're going to move Azure to Marketing Cloud. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Wrong. Marketing Cloud. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm like, that didn't sound quite right. <laughs> move, move Marketing Cloud to Azure, um, which is interesting just given the whole, how, how um, buddy-buddy they gotten with AWS. <clears throat> There's, there were some, I I've, saw a couple of interesting articles talking about how, how this is, uh, you know, there's theories about how this, they're, they're maybe trying, they're nudging AWS a little bit or just saying, hey, you're not the only game in town, so you need to, um, I just thought it was an to, easier place hmm. since it's SQL based and Azure's got all the tooling uh, you could need to run a, a SQL database. AWS would say they do too, right? I mean, you can run the full. I don't know. I I, I think 
Microsoft's value add on on Microsoft products is much better. Right. Yeah. And and I can't. I have no idea from experience. But you would think that Microsoft would run Microsoft better than anyone else. You would hope. But that's just a theory, though. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> Certainly, AWS does run Microsoft very well. Um, they you can get SQL Server and RDS. I think I never tried. Yeah, you can cram <clears> a SQL <throat> Server into a Linux. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think they offer SQL Server as a managed database service. Um, it's it's all it's all. Um, Docker. And of course, I think it's they have first-class support for, you know, Windows OSs and everything, so. Yeah. Um, oh, the other part of that was Salesforce agreed to integrate Sales Cloud and Service Cloud with Microsoft Teams. Teams I guess has been I, getting a lot of traction. Can you give me the, the elevator pitch on what Teams is? Slack. Oh, it's, it's, their, it's their Slack thing. Okay, yeah. and they also claim that, you know, they're just blowing Slack out of the water. I hear that all the time. I've never run across anyone using it, but I hear it's 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 the biggest thing. It's better than everything. What I think it is is just so many companies that are already using Microsoft products got it. I, th I think it's one of those like you know the whole six million developers thing. I think it's like yeah. I think Microsoft must count like for every copy of Windows they've ever sold. They just assume that people are using Teams. <laughs> yeah, you get it with your your yeah, Office three sixty five right. subscription. <clears throat> yeah, because I'm right with you. Like I've heard in the wild, you know, thousands of people say they use Slack. I've never. Until recently, I've heard like maybe three people say, yeah, we're using Teams. Yeah. But I will say from the few people that I have heard using Teams, I'm hearing good things about it. It's probably because they were forced to use um, Skype before. And, and oh, now they can yeah. use Teams and it's a huge night and day difference. Now, I did hear of a lot of companies using Skype and forcing their employees to use Skype. I, I still want the old Skype back, man. But yeah, no one liked it. So if they got, if they're transitioned off Skype and onto Teams, then I'm I'm sure they're they're much happier, and that's where the, all this hype is coming from, or mm. excitement. That's a, that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Slack, there's a Slack. There's a um, a new Salesforce for Slack app that I think Slack produces. <clears throat> oh, cool. I guess they already had one, um, but they've just improved like how it integrates with Sales Cloud, and they and they've added Service Cloud, I think, to it. And I saw a little demo. looked looked pretty pretty cool. <clears throat> so it looked like chatter, but on Slack. No, it, it's not at all. That that's what's weird. It's you would think just at a you know fifty thousand foot view, it's that it's weird that because I, I think since I mean for a long time Slack and Salesforce have been partners, and Salesforce even talks about Slack and sometimes promotes it. And it's like that, that's weird because you already have chatter. Mm -hmm. But their use cases actually I don't think overlap. They really don't. as much as you might think yeah. they do. I mean. Chatters. Oh, oh, there. Mic's off. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, hello, hello. Yeah, yep, it's back. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, you. Uh, there's definitely use cases that, that overlap some, but there's a lot of distinct, I think, use cases that that it makes sense to. Well, Chatters does not. It's good at <clears throat> participating in the conversation of data within the system, but it's not a good collaboration tool. Like I can't sit here and trade messages back and forth while we're trying to talk about an issue. It's just not really good for that. I mean, you can, but it just makes that that feed just unusable do you, do you think that salesforce is still innovating much around chatter i feel like i see you it, know I announcements kind of like every now there, and then yeah. but it, it it's, and they keep adding new objects support for it you know like when they add a new object they obviously gets put into the little chatter you know release note feed like oh we got these new objects they support chatter yeah but that's about all i've seen i haven't seen any kind of new look at this great new thing you can do with chatter you know, I, I don't know what they could do well the, well the, redo it <laughs> To do what though? I just I I think the experience around it and and some for some aspects of it it's fine but I just I don't know I feel like the experience isn't super great which is why a lot of people I think that's partially why 
there's a lot of organizations that also use like Slack instead of just pure chatter. Yeah, I wonder if it's for auditing reasons too. I think I've heard a few cases where they didn't want people using chatter and they wanted it turned off, but of course you can't yeah. because then it, it creates this liability with some kind of audit or compliance or something like that, and they didn't want them using it. So maybe it has something to do with that. Right, it might. Um, but you know, I mean, I, if you when you really read the release notes, if you ever go down to the the chatter section, I mean, they they they, they believe it or not, I mean, they're they're adding. I mean, there's a team that's just working on it all the time. They're always adding stuff to it. I don't, you know, it's like, would you notice these things though? Do you notice them? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, um, what's next? Uh, the Trailhead is it called Trailhead Go? The mobile, the mobile app. Trailhead. That's the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah. So there's a mobile Trailhead app now. You can do Trailhead on your phone. Um, <clears throat> oh, so you, can, you can uh, earn a earn a badge while you poop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that could be a title. Oh, I'm gonna uh, put. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you, and you can even do the quizzes. Um, it does not do, of course, the, um, what are they called when you have to go into a, a sandbox organ and complete oh, yeah. a challenge? It yeah. doesn't do those, but it does do the, the quiz ones. So that's pretty cool. Um, of course, the big complaint around it was it's, that it's iPhone only. Mm. And I'm guessing, I don't know, but it's possible that that has something to do with the fact that Salesforce calls themselves an Apple partner all the time. They always talk about what, oh, we and Apple have done this, they, and we okay, and Apple. They couldn't announce an Android-compatible app while Tim Cook was there. I, I, maybe so. Maybe they're waiting <laughs> yeah, until he's gone, and then until he's back in. Well, that sucks, because I wanted to take Trailhead on my new Razor flip phone. Uh, I bet you did. I bet you did. I do want one of those. Um, I heard, again, I didn't, get to, I didn't get to go to any of the really dev stuff, like the keynote, dev keynotes or any of that stuff, um, but I heard that um, there's more talk about local compiling and running of Apex. Oh, of Apex. That's I verbally I, I heard, heard that. that about Lightning. Now, what I or web components, yeah. but not Apex. And what I wonder if the person that said that was talking Confused. more about yeah, yeah Lightning. So I don't know. I put an asterisk next to that one. <clears throat> um, do you see this fast sandbox thing? No. So apparently, you'll be able to like create a new sandbox, like even like a um, like a data full data copy. What are those called? Full full sandbox. Full sandbox. Yeah. And they're just going to be done in like a like you know we're talking seconds maybe maybe like 20 30 seconds so <clears throat> about the same as a scratch org type time frame probably except maybe even faster i don't know i mean scratch orgs are pretty fast um but there's a there's another feature that i think plays along with this which is this data mask thing so you'll be able to let's say you let's say you want to work in a full sandbox because you need to test full data volumes and you need you know needed a lot of data to make your your stuff work <clears throat> you can um use this data mask thing and like a, the use case would be, um, yeah, I want a full sandbox, but all of the first names and last names and social security numbers, all this stuff, I want all that um, anonymized. And so it basically, it's got some intelligence, which I'm sure, right? It's got Einstein around like, what's a first name? What's a last name? And it just, just gives, it, it like changes all the first names to like other first names, random so, other first names. and changes have, you the last names and, have you ever had that requirement come across? I have once. To anonymize, we, I've had people anonymize had data for me, but I haven't gone and done that myself. Yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, question would be, you know, I don't know if we know cost around a lot of this stuff. No, you never do. I guess not, not. not at Dreamforce. It's rare that they announce costs at Dreamforce. <clears throat> so just in general, I mean, that Salesforce talked about. I mean, it's on all the main keynotes and slides and everywhere. Their partnership with AWS. They're really talking about that a lot. Well, that that was their main main way to get into foreign markets was using their data centers out there. Yeah, it's just it's it's a lot. I mean, that's a big part of their partnership, but it's it's 
you know, that, that there's a lot more to it than that. And they're, again, they're really, um, they're really playing that card a lot, I guess. Mm. <clears throat> but the big one that are I, are they using new features or just well, using it? So, let me give you an example. So they announced, um, I guess something called service cloud voice. Okay. Which you're on the call with, let's say so you use Alexa. You, it, uh, it doesn't, that's something different. Okay. Um, this is like, say you, you're working at a, a call center. Someone calls in Salesforce is <clears throat> really it's AWS is listening to the call in real time, transcribing what the person's saying. And it, but the demo was pretty awesome. It was a demo though. So maybe it was animated. I don't know. <clears throat> but as the person's talking, it's translating it, doing a pretty damn good job, apparently. Or that's what, of course, on the demo, it's going to look good. Mm. I mean, who knows what, when real voices and real accents and real phone connections and everything, what it's, how it's going to work. Yeah, just don't throw but a as, ball at it. But as the, as the person on the phone's talking, it's in real time pulling up like um, support articles or their, you know, any, things related to what they're saying. And so before the person's even kind of done talking, you've immediately got an answer for them. You're like, oh, well, have you checked into this or whatever? Oh, because it's able to transcribe, it's able <laughs> yeah. to search, and that's that's pretty cool. It is cool. It's yeah. very cool. So that was, that's that was, one. That's a useful demo. Unlike, <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to say the the kind of augmented reality stuff isn't useful. It's very useful for like, very like, specific like change use the, cases. the blades and the Cisco switch. Yeah, I'm like those guys know how to do that with their eyes closed. They don't Man, need. I ran into someone the other day that said they 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 use. I don't remember. I think they said they use Service Max or maybe it's, I don't know. I think I feel like it was one of these other things. But anyway, they they use the glasses. Yeah, the glasses are used, but they're used in commercial. They're not used in. They're not used by us. <laughs> no, no, it was it was it was for their service team. You know, yeah. use these. <clears throat> They're field service people. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the Amazon product that makes this work it's called Amazon Connect, which is oddly a really broad and generic name for something that does something really specific, which is translate voice. But it's called Amazon uh, Amazon Connect. You should have <clears throat> called it together. Amazon Connect. together. Yeah. 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 I think that was already taken. Uh, let's see. Well, let's have this note here. In addition, Salesforce and AWS are making AWS. Oh yeah, AWS content available on Trailhead uh, to train anyone to become proficient in the cloud. So if you want to learn AWS, you'll be able to do it right on Trailhead, John. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, that's 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 nice. They had to write a bunch of proprietary training modules. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to skip down because I feel like I've probably buried the lead, at least on the developer side. But um, I think the biggest thing. Uh, you know, you ask 10 people, you're going to, none of them are going to say the biggest thing was this evergreen. Yeah. I want to know more about that. <clears throat> I, I, I've heard about it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I, I mean, what I think it is, is, um, it's a function as a service that is, it, that is administered and managed by Salesforce. So, so what is a function <laughs> as a service? I don't think I have a handle. Okay. On that. So yeah, let me just, cause I'm, I'm sure this is, a it's one of those things that I think there's still a lot of confusion about, but so this is off the top of my head, my own <laughs> definition here. So function as a service is um, typically they are, it's a, it's, it's a program, but a sm really, usually a really small program. Like it might be a, a short Python uh, file or like a, <clears throat> a simple Java class. And your function service provider, so let's just say Amazon, what's there, Lambda, AWS mm -hmm. Lambda, for example. You can just deploy your, your simple little you know, Java thing, and it is responsible for if it, you know, if any jars or wars or any of those kind of things, it'd be great. However, I mean, I don't even, I don't think they tell you exactly how they, what their, that the behind the scenes process is, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but they get it all packaged and ready and put it on the right platform. And then anytime, and, but it's not running, right? It doesn't, you don't have to spin up servers and pay for servers to run. Just whenever someone calls, hits your endpoint or your function, Adios spins that thing up and responds to it. And 
and I'm sure, you know, there's, there's some algorithm and I think you can pay for higher tiers of like availability, but, um, you know, if your function only gets called once every you know, hour, it may, it probably, I think it, you know, it just spins it down. Hmm. And so there's that always issue of that initial startup time, which is why a lot of these platforms, uh, I, I can only probably speak to the, the Java stuff, but there's been a lot of work around Java to, uh, to speed up the, cause Java's always been criticized for its startup time. It's not good at applications, like for example, command line. Um, utilities. Java's never been a good choice for that because it has to spin up a whole JVM, which you know used to take a long time, but now even still even takes you know probably a couple of seconds. Well, although I can tell you that's not that much better than Node nowadays. Mm. <clears throat> you know, type an SFDX command and tell me how fast it is before you even see anything happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a couple of seconds. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, but but the, the the you know the the platform as a service provider, you know, they managed that whole thing. All you did was provide a, a three a three line Python snippet or whatever, and it puts it, manages it, runs it, uh, puts a assigns a URL to it, <clears throat> and then microservices, John. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think so. What I think what we're talking about here is Salesforce is going to get in the business of you can give them your Python snippet, although I don't think they're launching out of the box of Python. I think they said Node, Java. And I believe Apex. Apex. I guess so. I, th- I thought I saw Apex in the in their press release. But you give them your, you know, you give them your function, and then I don't know. There may be some parameters around how you want to deploy, but you know, Salesforce runs it, and they probably just push it over to you know uh, AWS. But who cares? I mean, you don't have to worry about AWS. You don't have to have an AWS. I'm 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 actually totally um, speculating here. You know, you don't have to run worry about AWS. You don't have to. Ha- you don't. You don't have an AWS account. It goes all through your Salesforce account. So is it is it the use just to kind of promote some reuse of modularity, or is it to kind of offload? Some yeah, there's some things IP that are functions. right. There's some things that are just you don't want to do on the. For example, you know, Salesforce doesn't do FTP, so maybe you put a little function out there that 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 um, is a is a, a thin facade to your FTP server or something like that, or or maybe you need that function to then kick off some really big batch process that you are going to run in AWS or somewhere else. <clears throat> and so there's just things that there's a lot of things that you know. Don't make just That's don't make sense. Nice. I mean, I could see it being used as a good kind of. Well, I, I don't know. I'm speculating as well, but I mean, could you kind of use it as some kind of like middleware service or something like that? Is that kind of yeah, I mean, or is I, it just mainly just supposed yeah. to be more snippets of functionality, like input output type thing? They're they're usually. I mean, I think functions as a service are usually things that that kick other things off, or that they are some kind of intermediary, or like they maybe, in, maybe a bridge, maybe not a middleware, but like a bridge. Yeah, or maybe they, you know. It's a little bit of an orchestration thing. Your function might kick off some other microservices you have based on this event that happened. I mean, oh, now you're getting complicated with orchestration. Yeah, 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 yeah no. <laughs> So I got to, you know, I got to, I got to drop the architect terms, John. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was the I think the thing that people were most excited about. Which I mean, it's interesting that the most ex- thing they were most excited about was a you know kind of a non Salesforce technology. But I don't know. I don't know that much about it. So it'll be interesting to see. And it's. It, I think it goes into developer preview in spring. Mm. So could be, you know, probably, I, I would guess at least a year before you'd be running that in production. <clears throat> so was there any one thing that just you kind of left with it, whether good or bad, that you just kind of left the conference with? As you're sitting in the airport waiting for your flight, you just kind of like... I don't know. I mean, I, you know, they don't really use Dreamforce to announce big things anymore, so I've, you kind of have to... Uh, Nothing, you know, there was no, I don't think there was anything earth shattering that came out mm-hmm. of it, but that's been the way that way for years. <clears throat> Not really. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, did any, is anything going to like change my daily job? 
You know, spaces. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't get those. <laughs> so I don't know. Not really. I mean, there th- there was a lot. A lot of things were, I guess, announced, but they were, you know, incremental things. I don't know. Is that is the service cloud voice? Is that incremental or is that is that revolutionary? <clears throat> uh, I think if it if it came out a couple of years ago, it might be revolutionary, but it might not have been as good a couple of years ago. I mean, it, and even now, it's it's late enough to not even really be novel. I mean, there's yeah. there's um, there's I mean, so many things. There are companies that are already doing yeah. this. Um, you know, the com- companies with big budgets, but well, hell, I think um, Google is even talking about transcribing um, audio and video automatically. So Google has, if you, um, I've been told that Google, so they all have, they all have these trend, um, encoding and transcoding services like AWS. I can't remember what it's called, mm-hmm. but I've heard the GCPs is the best if you need to do, you know. No, I mean, just in general, it's okay. going to start consuming mm-hmm. and, and transcribing all that content because it a, makes it available to their search engine, but. Just, oh, okay. That's what you're saying. So yeah. they've got, for example, they've got YouTube. Yeah. And so just going through all those YouTube videos yeah. and... But yeah. even like podcasts and things, I think you'll be able to submit it and get a transcription. I heard thing. something about that too. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, that's going to put all these Philippines or India-based, you know, transcription <laughs> services out of business, but... <clears throat> all I want is, can it handle a two-hour episode? <laughs> <laughs> kind of and can it handle like the degradation of the person as they get drunk? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Officer three five. Officer three five. Oh, officer six. All of a sudden, uh. there's two people on the transcription, and then towards the end, there's like a third person pops Man, up. Like you, you don't recognize this person as being one of the first original two. There must someone else must have came on, and they've got a bit of a, a slur to their voice. If if it can translate you th- saying Office three sixty five, then it's it's impressive. <laughs> I've had someone someone brought that up last week. What? Just how we've had a couple of shows where we went off the deep end a little bit oh, <laughs> in terms yeah. of the. Uh, the imbibing of beverages. Yeah, I don't think we've had an episode where we drank in about a month or so. We've been sober. We have been sober. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's good for the show or not. Well, it, honestly, I mean, it, it is hard for me. And like, after, even after like one beverage, I mean, my, my mind is not as sharp. And then after like two, it's like, okay, forget it. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm done. I think I drink faster than you. So. Well, we say that, and I, I believe this is true. Um, sometimes like, let's say I'm working on a, you know, on a difficult, I'm heads down, working on some difficult stuff. Um, sometimes and it depends on the time of day. There's a lot of factors that play into this, but having like one, the, the equivalent of one, like, you know, low to moderate alcohol beer really opens up my mind and lowers my anxiety and I can get work done better. Mm. But as soon as I move on to that second one, I'm, I'm, yeah, boy, it's really a negative. Yeah. It's the key number is one. I think it's more of a, just a matter of getting your brain off of it. Whatever helps you do that. I, that's why I started. Well, it's not why, but juggling did that for me as well. If I'd stuck, stuck on a problem, I would sit there and juggle and that would get my mind off it. But oh, now okay. juggling is so second nature to me. That I'm not thinking, I don't have to think about it when I juggle. Oh, John, we need a show. No, <laughs> we need a demo. No. So, uh, but so yeah, it doesn't help me as much as it used to. Cause it used to take, not a lot of brain power, but I'd, it'd be enough that I yeah. would, you know, stop thinking about whatever I was thinking about and I could come back to it fresh. Yeah. But now it's, it's so natural because I've done it so much. For Muscle so memory. Yeah. It, it doesn't help like that. So yeah. I got to find something else. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, I've got a lot more stuff, but I've been. Yeah. What, what did you, from your perspective here, uh, from the home base? Um, I was, I was, I didn't get to catch up on anything. I tried to try to check it on Slack as much as I could. So I was only getting snippets here and there. 
I wanted to be excited about some of the things I was hearing about, but I was also tempering myself as well, just realizing that it's Dreamforce and the marketing machine is in full swing. And I'd like to hear about what it really is, or at least see it and play with it. So there's a lot of things like the Evergreen thing caught my attention. The entity stuff caught my attention. Um, I don't think anything else really did other than those. I mean, I, I, I heard about the 365 or 360 or whatever it is, but um, I felt like that, I, I felt like that was just another continuation of that product evolving or maturing. Yeah. So I felt like there's a lot of things that they were talking about, but they were just maturations of things that were previously announced. Yep. So, um, yeah, I got to um, meet a lot of, of uh, GDS members that I had never met before and saw, That's of course, cool. a lot of, yeah. saw a lot of, a lot of old friends <clears throat> at a couple of good meetups. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and we also, that's the only thing I really did kind of, yeah, I, I was a little bit bummed that I didn't get to go and hang out with everyone, but I mean, I still think that the best part of these events, it's not just, it's not unique to Dreamforce is, is just the, um, the hallway stuff. Did you go to any of the places where I had stickers? Did you find them? Nope. <clears throat> so all new places, huh? I wonder if anyone saw a sticker. Yeah. Just I, speaking of stickers, I, I passed out a lot of stickers. I'm curious if, if, if the bigger stickers are, are liked more or the smaller stickers. I don't know. That's a good question. I hope the big ones, because you bought a ton of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do have a ton. And and by the way, just uh, dear listener, we, we'll have a this is a little preview, but we are going to be um, start a program by which you can receive stickers. I just have to get set up. Okay, but it'll be just an efficient way for us to um, anytime people want stickers, just to get stickers out to them. Yeah, it's which basically involves me pre-purchasing like a boat, boat, a boat or a buttload of uh, envelopes and stamps. <clears throat> yeah but uh I, john there was a uh, sfgate did a um like kind of like funny tweets uh-huh. by for, by locals during dreamforce um I, i'll just read a couple of them here so god this is weird this is like not, not it's not in the same order that i saw them earlier uh this one is everything i know about dreamforce is that none of the d- attendees have ever walked on a sidewalk in their entire adult lives <laughs> <laughs> people don't know how to walk on sidewalks i guess like, yeah i don't know <clears throat> maybe they're too busy tr- look trying to dodge could be oh yeah and yeah. there but there was some poop yeah yeah oh yeah yeah <clears throat> patrol uh, was behind <laughs> yeah it, it started off well but then I, you started seeing things popping up pooping. that wasn't the homeless that was all the people who had to wait in line they couldn't wait <laughs> yeah, anymore yeah. sorry remember, <laughs> that? remember i was telling you that i couldn't i was having trouble, <laughs> trouble waiting <clears throat> uh, we only have three seasons in san francisco preparing for dreamforce dreamforce and tearing down Dreamforce. It's got to be officially the biggest one they've got, they, they have, right? I mean, I know they have like Oracle and all those things, but Dreamforce has got to eclipse them. It's got to be the biggest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dream, Dreamforce is reverse Burning Man for Salesforce. I think I heard some, yeah. something like that one. Yeah. Uh, Dreamforce is my least favorite sales, uh, San Francisco season. Uh, Dreamforce week is Bart Hell on steroids. Uh, some of these are, are image based, so they do no good. I can't really. Mm. Same. You mean meme? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this person says, petition to ban the Dreamforce conference indefinitely. Dreamforce is like hell week for San Francisco residents. <laughs> is Dreamforce over yet? That's right as it started. Um, yeah. I would like to vote for Dreamforce to move to the South Bay. <laughs> I want to rob everyone I see with a Dreamforce lanyard. <laughs> you know, I do take that lanyard off when I leave the conference. <clears throat> I do too. I do not walk around wearing it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's safe. I just, I don't think it's safe. Right. Uh, anyway, 
There's a lot of these. We will put those in the show notes. Yeah, those are cool. Um, so as a part of the meetups, um, I tried to get as many people as I could. I don't. I, I think it was not as many as what it seemed like to me, because I did have to do a lot of begging and pleading and convincing and persuading. Uh, but I got a lot of people on on mic. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I has, I has we, we didn't lose it this time like we did last time, right? I'd hope not. <laughs> um, card still works as far as I know. But and I asked them, uh, everyone to do three things: like introduce yourself, um, talk about like just I don't know how you found the podcast or or how you listen to it or what it means to you or whatever, and then same thing kind of with Dreamforce: like what what does Dreamforce mean to you? What'd you get out of it or whatever? And so it was a general format, and we got a lot of um, interesting comments. Oh, cool! So we will. Um, <clears throat> We will play those. This, like, probably in the next five minutes here. <laughs> These will be tacked on at the end of this podcast due to the uh, magic of editing after I get home. Cool. So, Should John, give me a time I could have uh, montaged it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, John. John's good at those montages. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so John, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, taking us out with your normal little jingle that you do because a listener has provided that for this week's episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. Anyway. Um, they took my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they moved my cheese. Uh, all right, John. Well, that's our post-reinforce, and I, I I can't believe my voice has lasted this long. It's kinda, I feel like I got, they got a second wind. I have anxiety. About what? Because I'm waiting for my point to say it, and I can't say it. You don't say it. No, you don't have anything <laughs> to say. That's the thing. Anyway. Um, since we're wrapping up, dear listener, um, we have a Slack community, and that's how a lot of us um, have come together. That's how we coordinate, and it's just an ongoing, you know, helpful kind of support environment. But we also, you know, again, we, we coordinate meetups and different things, and it's really how we stay in touch. It's, it's become um, a nice tool uh, for, this, for this group of people to just communicate and stay in touch. And if you're not in it yet, I, I highly suggest you uh, at least check it out. And you do that by going to gooddaysirpodcast.com. And you click on community and just put your email address in and John will add you. Also, people can, members can add other members now. I yeah, think, it right? still comes to me or to us. For approval. To approve it, okay. but we're not gatekeeping. It's just, that's just the way the tool works. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, either uh, either do the uh, first method I mentioned, or if you know someone that's in, they can they can add you. Yep. Um, what else? Share it with your friends. Like us on the socials. Tell it, you Write know. Write a review. Yeah, reviews. Last one made us feel bad. Yeah. So we, need a, we need a good one. Right. No, um, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, feedback's I, always good. Yeah. We like hearing feedback. Well, I mean, I think the best, it's interesting because I do ask people sometimes like, how did you, you, know, you find out about the show? And it's, the main thing is word of mouth. You yeah. just, you gotta, you gotta tell your friends and your colleagues. We need you to do that for us. All right, John, what else? That's it. We're done? I mean, okay. I can't think of anything. Okay. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you made it back safe. And I would say I'm glad you made it back healthy, but that's not the case. So. I mean, you know, it could be worse, right? It could be worse. All right. Okay. Well, now um, let's let's uh, transition to the um, end of show clips. Yep. All right. Hello, I'm Dennis Morris. I'm a software engineer. Um, what does the Good Day Sir podcast mean to me? Well, it's trailhead for your ears. Also, uh, sneaky, sneaky, uh, fun show that. Um, keeps you on your toes and teaches you thing when you're things when you're uh, guards down when you're laughing about the antics 
So, uh, Dreamforce this year, my third Dreamforce. Uh, I tell you, it, one thing that I've learned from Dreamforce this year is the bigger value of TDX. About all the things that are really announced here are pretty much just seem like well-groomed uh, ideas. And it d doesn't seem like we'll see much of it until, you know, spring anyway. So I think that TDX is, is more valuable um, and becoming more and more valuable. Um, other than that, um, I'm excited to, to learn more about Evergreen and what that's going to mean um, and what's it going to cost. But that's about it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Brett Barlow, Salesforce engineer at Postmates. Uh, I found the Good Day Sir podcast just searching for Salesforce developer podcasts and listened to it for at least a couple of years now. Um, it's always interesting to hear what other people are doing on the platform and learn from others' mistakes and just kind of hear what's going on. Um, as far as Dreamforce this year, uh, Platform events is very interesting to me. I've dabbled here and there, and after talking to others in the Good Day Sir community after different sessions that I went to, uh, very interested in trying to design and implement more of an event-driven architecture versus a trigger-driven architecture. Um, so that's one real specific takeaway I've had. I'm Arnold Brown. I'm a Salesforce admin. Um, I've uh, been listening to the podcast for a few years, and I'm on the Slack channel, which I really find helpful. Um, one of the things I like about the podcast is the no holds barred, no, no BS, honest, um, you know, feel free to crap on what needs to be crapped on <laughs> approach. Um, I've been coming to Dreamforce for a few years. I, I learn a lot here every year. Um, uh, this year, actually today, I went to a session um, that Shane McLaughlin designed, actually, on... Um, Change data capture. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, so yeah, you can create a trigger on the change item instead of on the, um, on the object, which if you've got problems with too much going on around the account object, putting a trigger on a different object that runs asynchronously sounds brilliant. I'm taking that home and, and shoving it down my developers' throats. <laughs> uh, my name is Sawyer McDonald. I am a Salesforce admin for Postmates. And uh, I'm a more recent fan of the podcast. Um, heard about it through Reddit and was introduced also through um, the Postmates Salesforce team, Brett and Victoria. And uh, yeah, really liking the, the breadth of topics covered so far. Um, this year at Dreamforce, I think for me, uh, a good session I went to was in regard to um, the future of Salesforce user perms and a couple new products they're coming out with there. Um, like permission set groups, which is really relevant to what I'm working on right now, and also uh, the profile and permission set helper, which should make it easier to like visualize um, who has what access um, instead of having to you know click into every single permission set to figure out what people can and cannot do. It's uh, just a nice consolidated view of only what they can do. Hi, I'm Victoria Cloudfelter. Uh, I work at Postmates. I'm an admin by title, and I'm doing more development day to day. Um, I heard about this podcast through Brett Barlow uh, when he hired me onto his team, um, and I really enjoyed the Slack community so far. 
Um, but yeah, I think my favorite thing about the podcast is uh, talking about some of the pain points that I think get glossed over in the, the sales cycle sometimes and the, the ethos of the company. So that's been really helpful, especially uh, as I'm learning more and more about uh, front-end development, Lightning Web components. Uh, we're still somewhat Aura-based, so it's been interesting. Um, my favorite part of, uh, or what I've learned at Dreamforce so far, um, had a couple good sessions on different types of limits, how to avoid them, and just like uh, weird gotchas that I'm running into as I learn the platform more and more. Um, I didn't know that you could insert a user if it, uh, at the same time of other DML operations, if it doesn't have a user ID or user role ID. So that was a really fun one. Um, yeah. All right, Jeremy's making me do this. Jeremy's still making me do this. All right, I'm Scott Wells. Uh, I am the developer of Illuminated Cloud. I've also been working in the Salesforce ecosystem for about 10 years. Uh, seems like one of the questions was, how do we find the podcast? So sitting right down the table is Jay. And I remember uh, Jay sent me an email saying that one of the podcasts out there had started talking about Illuminated Cloud like a couple of months after I launched it. And so I went, yeah, I went and listened to it and listened to Jeremy talk about how the things that I was claiming were technically impossible because the APIs were not actually there, which was technically true, but I actually went and had to do a whole bunch of workarounds. But anyway, that's kind of how I found it and uh, really enjoyed listening to these guys talk, uh, not just about development and things like that, but really just about whatever was on their mind at the time. Very stream of consciousness, but one of the big topics in there was beer and that's always been appealing to me, so that worked out very nicely. And then uh, just listening to different perspectives on people who work on the platform, because I came to it from a very ISV-oriented perspective, and you guys were working as consultants, and it was interesting to get that perspective as you talked through some of your struggles. So uh, very much have enjoyed the podcast over the years. Uh, as far as Dreamforce this year, uh, I'm exhausted right now. Uh, it's been a very long week, um, a very crowded week, but some pretty major announcements. I'm extremely excited about Evergreen. I think it is going to be absolutely huge in about four years when it's ready for people to actually use. Um, also excited about uh, the fact that Salesforce has taken real feedback on Salesforce DX. I think they've come a long way with it. Uh, I think they may have uh, declared victory a little prematurely, and I think they're aware of that, so they need to know where the issues are, and I think they're, they're listening. Um, whether they'll be able to resolve everything, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure they'll take the feedback and do something with it. Um, otherwise, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, gotten to hang out with some of these people a few different nights. Always enjoyable. I think that's about it for me. Just been a, a nice but very exhausting week, and I'm ready to get home and see my family. Hi, my name is Jay. I go by Jay on Software on Good Day Slack channel. I don't know actually how I found Good Day, sir. I honestly don't know. But uh, more than the podcast, I actually enjoy the Slack channel. It's like a stress relief for me. You know, whenever I'm stressed out, I can go and make fun of someone. But most importantly, in the community, I have turned to a lot of people on Slack on private message asking technical questions. That actually have saved my job because I pretend to be smart at work. But actually, the answer came from someone on the Slack channel. Um, for me, the Dreamforce is like a high school reunion because you spend 12 months talking to people on LinkedIn or email or Slack, but then come here and meet the person face to face, have a drink. And that's what I've been doing for the past four days, just meet people. You know, those people I meet, make new friends and, you know, meet existing friends. And uh, that's about it. 
Uh, all right. Hi, my name is Mick Wheeler. I work for a, a company in the UK called Ovo Energy uh, in Bristol. Been in the Salesforce ecosystem for about for about ten or eleven years now, since uh, two thousand eight. Um, and yeah, worked for consultancies, worked for end users all around the place. Um, I think the the po I got put onto the podcast uh, by some good friends who I worked with at one of the consultancies and. I've been listening to it for years, and the community that sprung up around it, and the, the Slack, and all the incredibly intelligent people that you have direct access to, even some uh, Salesforce employees, have been so beneficial. And you know, every Dreamforce, there's a, always a happy hour, and it's good to meet those people in person and, and have a chat and talk about Salesforce, what we love, what we hate, probably a lot of what we hate, and uh, and hang out. It's great. And I mean, coming to Dreamforce is always a, a good experience. Uh, it's more about uh, running into people and, and having those chats in the hallways in between sessions, I think, is the most valuable thing. I mean, I, you know, I spoke at this year's Dreamforce and it was great doing that. Uh, and having people come up and ask me questions feels good to be able to answer those for people. So, yeah, it's, it's a great experience. Hi, my name's Dave Smith, here from San Francisco, talking to Jeremy on the Good Day Sir podcast. And what I really like about the podcast is that you feel like you're hearing a couple of friends, both people that you're getting to know and obviously good friends with each other. They don't pull any punches. They tell it like it is. They're not Kool-Aid drinkers. And they have really good insights into what to look out for, what's coming down the road. And then as far as what I've gotten out of Dreamforce is same as every year, getting inspired, but also kind of seeing what other people are interested in. I work at a nonprofit, so seeing what Salesforce is doing for nonprofits and how we can use things from commercial clients in our line of work. Hi, uh, so I'm Stefan Chandler-Garcia. This is actually my second minor appearance on the Good Day Sir podcast. Yes, yes, repeat offender, now working for Salesforce, funny enough, uh, for the last six months. I joined as a cloud architect in the pre-sales organization, which is weird, but cool because I don't have to deliver anything really into customers, which is like a godsend. Um, if I were to have learned anything at Dreamforce, I, I'd like to actually say that I contributed back to Dreamforce because for the first time I actually got to talk about software delivery from a cross-functional perspective instead of just like a Salesforce word delivering Salesforce perspective. And I think I made quite a big impact on anyone in the audience and hopefully think that they'll take away those principles with them into actually delivering their projects instead of just sort of pushing people around. Cool. Hi, um, James Melville from London. Um, work for Salestrip, which is travel and expenses app on Salesforce. Um, I can't remember when I joined the GDS group and podcast, but uh, I just really enjoy the community. There's always someone to answer the quest, like questions that I post. Uh, there's always interesting content, and it, it's just valuable to me. I keep up with the podcast as much as I can, but often I'm a month or so late, so the conversation's already gone before, <laughs> before I catch up, which is a real shame. Uh, in terms of Dreamforce this week, uh, what I think I'm most excited about is the Salesforce Evergreen, although I'm wondering how soon it will actually arrive, but let's, let's wait and see. And, uh, and um, yeah, that's all from me. Thank you. Hey, I'm Andy. I work with TaskFeed. We've just merged with Recursive. So this week we've been speaking to lots of people about what that means. Um, the most exciting thing I've found out or learned about at Dreamforce is Evergreen. And speaking with Mr. Fawcett about what that means for ISVs and how we can start to use it. So I'm very excited about that.
Hey, this is Jay Ainge, and uh, my relationship to the podcast is just one of recent passion, and enjoy it a lot. It helps me uh, sort of connect with people that are authentic and have spent a ton of time in the platform and really deal with the nuances of what's going on in Salesforce in a realistic way. Uh, this is my first Dreamforce in about four or five years, and goals this time were to meet the Good Day Sir community and enjoy some people and connect faces and voices. Uh, I've always had a trouble separating John and Jeremy's voice and which one belonged to which. So although John wasn't here, it was a good chance to lock in on uh, Jeremy and who he is and how he sounds. I've enjoyed the week and uh, really met some folks at the Good Day Sir get-togethers that uh, helps solidify the community and a connection with people just beyond the Slack community and those digital experiences. It was a good face-to-face chance to gather. Hi, Allison O'Connor. I am Jeremy's fearless partner in this wonderful Elevation Solutions expedition. And I usually skip a year between Dream Forces, and I did this year. Um, But I'm excited to be here. One of the things that I really got out of this year was connecting with the partner team, specifically at Salesforce.org, and I'm sure other people have done the same on the dot-com side. But I think the partner teams are really investing their resources and their energy in finding more collaborative solutions and figuring out how to bring partners into their world more to reduce the work and also to make sure that our voices are heard. Uh, I feel a lot more heard because they are focusing time with us. I also felt that we got a little bit uh, we got a little bit more attention because we, we had this little cushy space in the Westin and it was great to kind of be there and be in that culture. Um, I also really loved DreamFest. It was amazing. Mostly because you got to walk in and just eat whatever you wanted. And I'm going to admit right now, the amount of food I had was slightly embarrassing. And the only mistake that I made the entire DreamForce was not taking two organic chicken corn dogs when I left. I only took one and I should have taken two. But you know what? It's all about a learning process, right? I mean, Dreamforce is a learning experience, and next year, if it's at Oracle Park again, you better bet that I'm going to have two corn dogs. Hi. <laughs> My name's Chuck Liddell, a longtime friend of the podcast, and I run an integration company called Valence that has a native app exchange app. Uh, people said you couldn't build middleware native in Apex, but we did, and it works pretty well. Uh, <laughs> anyways... I'm out here at Dreamforce doing, uh, I did a session on weird limits in Apex and other parts of the platform. We are just talking about strange bugs people run across. That was a, an interesting session. Did some entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship stuff as well. Um, I really look forward to meeting up with Good Acer people at Dreamforce. And it's funny, I can always tell a good session because I'm walking into the session, I see a bunch of GDS people. And I know it's going to be highly technical, interesting, and there are going to be some tough questions asked at the end. Uh, it's really a great community. 
I've grown to appreciate the Slack as kind of my go-to place that I get hard questions answered. It's an interesting group of people. Uh, and I like kind of the outlaw nature to it, of people that don't drink the Kool-Aid and just say what they want to say and are really blunt. Um, as far as Dreamforce goes, it's been an interesting session here this week. I feel like the platform has gotten a lot cleaner. Um, there's just a, a lot of little nooks and crannies that have been cleaned up over the last few years. And I think it affords them the opportunity to actually investigate uh, some real tech improvements and put some time and investment into that. I thought Evergreen was really interesting. I thought, uh, what are they, the, the interfaces, object interface, entity interfaces were really interesting. Uh, just a lot of cool tech reveals, none of which are done yet, of course. That'll be ages before we actually get to touch them. But it was really satisfying for me from a tech perspective this year. And I, I have a, my true heart is to go to all the tech stuff and ask questions. But as I become more of a grown up with my business, I have to go and try to actually like meet people to, to customers for my product and stuff. So it's, it's hard to, to walk away from my roots. Uh, love meet the devs. That's such a good one. And there was another one like that today that was um, uh, Andy Fawcett, Wade Wagner, uh, some other people that were taking product related questions. Delete Berkey was there. Um, just good, good stuff for ISVs and partners. So really probably one of the best Dreamforces I've been to in a few years. A lot of good stuff. But it's always fun to see everyone and, and connect again and look forward to seeing people again next year. Hello, my name is Matthew Morris. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm standing... I think I have been on the show before. I was Dreamforce a few years ago. Um, but uh, my, how the world's changed. So um, Jeremy's asked me to tell you what I get out of Dreamforce. Well, I get to see a lot of friends, a lot of friends that carried me through, um, yeah, quite a lot of changes in my life, I have to say. And I see that in them too. It's like a lot of people are like changing jobs, getting promoted, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, even though like we often complain about, you know, what Salesforce doesn't do right or, you know, it's not the best technology in the world. I think on balance, it doesn't come off too bad. I mean, it could be, it could be worse. So, it could be, it could be Oracle. <laughs> So I don't know. I, like a couple of things I saw this week, which were which were interesting. I think like first one was that um, in, during the keynote, Mark asked everybody, "It's like who else here has uh, has technology other than Salesforce in their organization?" And we all know the answer to that, but like, I don't think that's you know that's the first time he's, he's asked that question. So I you know I I think he, like Salesforce is twenty maybe maybe let's say Salesforce is twenty one years old and like Salesforce is now an adult. And they're kind of asking more mature questions, so I'm 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 encouraged by that. That's definitely true. What else do you want to talk about, Jeremy? What do you get out of this podcast? Oh, so going back to this podcast, the, what the the Good Day Sir community, the Good Day Sir Army. I like the way the Good Day Sir uh, Army has uh, has a strong identity, and I think it should. And I think the evidence like that we're relevant is that we have people from Salesforce coming into the Slack and you know listening to what we have to say and you know when things you know are not accurate about like what we think, they're like saying, Well actually, you know, this feature is coming here or we did do that and it didn't work, so we're gonna try something else. So I think that that's the kind of engagement that really helps us understand 
What are the choices that we need to make when we're you know either you know, coming up with a code solution or you know a click solution? Oh my god, I hate that word, but that's what it is, right? But overall, yeah, we're coming up with a solution and we have to take everything on balance. So I think you know I think it's great we get engagement. Um, these guys, John and Jeremy, oh these guys, you got to hand it to them for like putting all this effort in. I mean, they they take it really seriously. And I think we wind back the clock to when did you guys start? What was it? I think it was yeah, it was at least five, six years ago. And at that time, I was in a very different place in a very different job. And my friend Sean Holmes came to me and he said, "Oh, you got to listen to this podcast. There's these guys." And I turned the podcast on for the first time, and that there was like some crazy like. I'm like, what the hell is this, right? <laughs> Because every other podcast in Salesforce was all like happy clappy, and then you got like there's a blah, 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 this guitar intro, and then like these two guys. It's a little bit like those of you who are like British or familiar with British culture. They were like Mel, and, um, Mel Smith and Griffith Jones, right? There were two guys sitting across the table. It's like, yeah, what do you think about such and such? Oh, I'm not sure about such and such, but it's so engaging, and I think the the, the thing that resonates with people is just like. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's why I'm walking along sometimes listening to the podcast or, you know, making my breakfast or something like that. I'm listening to it and I'm like, I'm laughing out loud because I'm like, yeah, right on. That's exactly what I was thinking. But you know what? I didn't have the guts to say it. So I got to hand it to the guys, John and Jeremy, because when something is saying, they come up and say it. And, you know, the two of them together, they have this great balance. So I'm, you know, I'm going to sign off and say, Keep up the good work. Don't change a thing. And to that, I say good day, sir. I should have said, and to that, roll the clips. Oh, oh yeah. that would have been good. Yeah. That would have been good.